0: Lucky you. 36 Best Holes into in Golf. Alternate Shots Podcast. Barney's Army. Where we talk about Sandy. golf. Poker.
1: James Bond.
0: Horse racing. Double. Classic movies. Zenyatta. We have no script.
1: Down the stretch they come. We are
0: glad you joined us.
1: Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn.
0: <laughs> Billy Regan, uh, Alternate Shots Podcast. I think this is episode 65. We are blessed to have a awesome guest, someone that Colleen and I met as we moved down to Jupiter about three years ago, Eric Flores. Welcome to the podcast, Eric.
2: Thanks for having me on. And uh, I have to to immediately shout out Colleen because she makes some of the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. It's a fact.
0: (laughs) She doesn't make them (laughs) for everybody. Billy's had them. But Billy, have you ever met a chocolate chip cookie that wasn't great?
1: Many. I I have high standards for chocolate chip cookies. So the fact that I will eat Colleen's is a big, big uh, endorsement.
0: Eric, I know you're over in, uh, is it Vienna, Austria or a different town?
2: Yes, I'm in, I'm currently in Vienna, Austria. Um, Just finished uh, the challenge tour event here, which was a lot of fun. It was a great golf course up in the mountains and probably the hardest walk I've ever had on on a golf course ever, which is saying a lot. Uh, but made the cut, didn't, didn't play super great on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a, a cool thing to be able to come over to Europe and be playing in some cool towns and just seeing new things. Vienna is incredible, so highly recommend.
1: You're on your journey to, to uh, the PGA Tour, which we are hopeful that you get there. What's that like? What, how does that start? How how do you deal with that on a day-to-day basis?
2: Well, dealing with it, uh <laughs> I try to yeah, just one step at a time, you know, one day at a time. Uh un dia a la vez, my my grandma says one day at a time. And uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the structure goes, I'm over here playing in Europe because uh the corn ferry tour uh last year was the only way, you know, you could really only go to Q school and get on the Corn Ferry tour um they changed q school a while back in in like 2013 or so 14 maybe um but i chose to do dp world tour school last year and got to the finals but didn't didn't have a great showing so that landed me on the challenge tour and that feeds into the dp world Tour, as we all know so it's kind of like the corn fairy of of the dp world but you know, with everything shifting, with the whole merger thing going on and involving the, the Saudi, you know, PIF and all that, uh, we'll kind of see how everything shakes out. But as of right now, currently, the DP World Tour has PGA Tour cards that you can get through them. I, I believe it's the top ten without current PGA Tour status, because as we all know, a lot of guys play both tours. Um, but also, the DP World Tour just has a lot more world ranking points than the corn ferry. So that's why I chose to go that route. But uh yeah, so I mean it's it's a bit complicated how it all works out. There's so many limited spots uh to get on the PGA tour. And uh, you know, once you have a, a really good schedule, it's a it's pretty you have to play pretty bad for a number of years to, to move down. So I kind of try to explain it to people like imagine applying for a job and they only hire like Fifty people a year in the entire sport you know (laughs) so it's really uh really difficult to do but um I love doing it I'm glad to be back doing it honestly uh it, it beats a day job for sure
0: two questions for you on this first question is back to the Vienna tournament even though you didn't get the outcome that you wanted I noticed that in the last round you picked up half a dozen maybe a dozen spots what's that feel like you know that's your own little you know you're beating a dozen people that you weren't beating on the third round right how does that
2: yeah I mean I guess every little thing counts I mean it wasn't like it was that much more money but gets me you know one more point or you know whatever on the the road to Mallorca is the point system so um you know you never know I mean it there's, there's one thing that I'm not going to do and that's give up, you know, no matter what's going on. So, uh, you know, you try to try to play the game and do the best you can and uh, the chips fall where they may, you know, um, I didn't do anything, you know, out of sorts or more aggressive or less aggressive. I just kind of tried to play my own game and I actually played pretty solid the last round. It was probably my best round that I played, but not that it was my lowest score. You don't always score how you, how you play, but, uh, yeah, I needed a little bit of momentum coming out because I, I felt like I was leaking oil all week, to be honest with you. Every round was just like, you know, four or five shots here or there. And that's really the difference. I think the winner shot like 18 under and, you know, four shots is a lot around, but I could easily have picked up, you know, two to four shots around. Just I felt like I was a little bit sloppy. So uh, it's such a fine line between good and great, you know, on a, on a professional level. I mean – so, so uh
0: yeah we should come back to that. That's that's a, I want to expand on that. But if you thought what you're doing right now, whether it's a well, the challenge tour, the European challenge tour, if you took out right now, let's see, Justin Thomas, Rory McElroy, and Ricky Fowler out of the Jupiter Palm Beach Gardens area, right? And then you yeah. had to play everybody else in that zip in that those zip codes from Pom, you know, PGA National. Up to uh Jordan's golf course, Grove twenty-three and Jupiter and in between the medalists and all all those guys, including the assistant pros that you haven't even met, I even met how hard would it be to make it on that on that tour? The talent in that I area.
2: mean yeah, I mean, you still got a bunch of pros that you didn't name that live there. I mean it's like I mean, it's it's pretty wild how strong the competition really is everywhere in the world. Um, uh, I mean, especially in Europe. I mean it's I would say it's less deep over here on some level, but the, at the top you got to play, you know, the people that are winning on these tours every week, you know, challenge tour, corn Fairy tour, PJ tour, the Asian tours, you know, I mean, Japanese, all that stuff, uh, live now. I mean, those guys are playing the highest golf, highest level golf in the world. I mean, they're, if you're winning a golf tournament, you're playing fantastic golf. So, uh, but yeah, there's some really good players down there, and obviously that that little tour, uh, the minor league tour down in South Florida. I mean, there's tons of guys that go down and play there that are coming out and playing good old PGA Tour. You know, Eric Cole is one of those guys recently. Brooks Koepka was you know playing down there, you know, back years back, and he went through a Challenge Tour this route as well. Actually, so um, but yeah, it's uh, golf is super elevated right now, and I'm, I'm really glad to see the game changing with everything going on i'm I'm hesitant to say it's you know whether it's good or bad i think that's a little bit um you know not not like juvenile for me to think but it's not about really good and bad but what i'm saying is like the, the golf has grown so much as a sport um and there's so much competition now that the game can support more tours and more players to make a living and there's more there's there's a larger crowd that wants to you know see the see the sport and watch it live and on TV and all that stuff so I'm hoping that it expands in a good way and, and with everything going on obviously everybody's in the dark me as a player I'm totally in the dark still mm-hmm. even the players on the PGA tour that I've talked to are, are in the dark of what's going on but uh you know we'll see uh, we'll see how that shakes out but it's uh it is really cool to see where the, how the sports advanced.
1: You make an interesting point about the sport being able to support more than one tour, although there are now. I I tend to agree with you that there's room for more than one tour. It doesn't all have to be in one place, but it still needs to be the top players. So they they may have to come up with a way that you can play both more than one tour without being banned from, you know, banned from the PGA playing for the DP tour or, or whatever rules they come up with for you players uh, you know i think the more opportunity the better and the better for the fans
2: pretty sure rory knows more than i do (laughs) for sure (laughs) more more than billy but uh, i know there's people that know and we'll see how everything shakes out it's just you know i was a shock to everybody uh and sort of not a shock in a lot of ways with all the antitrust lawsuits and different things going on but uh you know uh all that's over with, I think, without prejudice, they said. So they can't go back and, like, refile these antitrust lawsuits. So that's obviously a big, good-faith step um, in the negotiating process. So um, I think it's a little bit of a if-you-can't-beat-them, join-them situation. And, um, you know, we kind of joke a little bit, but, I mean, there's some truth to it. Like, the the PGA Tour is a, a bit like the Mafia. I mean, it's a golf Mafia. And, and they're in control of what's going on. They're the gatekeepers. And, um, you know, it hasn't necessarily been totally run by the players, even though it's when they split from the PGA of America, that they, they were run by the players. And it's, it's become big business and it's bureaucracy and it's it's kind of the natural order of things to progress that way. But, you know, I kind of see those players that left, uh, you know, guys like Phil Mickelson and things like that who are veterans. You know, they, they're essentially – partnered with uh the pif to kind of regain influence back into the sport you know that they love and and um you know the the, the golf mafia the pj tour kind of ran into a, a bigger mafia which is the pif so i don't know we'll see what happens i i just like to see more money in the game coming down to corn fairy tour uh obviously challenge tour dp world and all that stuff um you know because it's really really tough to make a living on the corn ferry tour even today um if you're barely keeping your card, you could keep your job and basically break even or lose money on the year and they've increased the purses a little bit but uh you know like a hundred eighty thousand sounds like a pretty good deal for a win which is great but when you're spending you know upwards of 100k a year maybe more just on travel expenses and and your own you know trainers and Practice facilities and all that stuff. I that mean, is. all that adds up, and you still got bills to pay at home. I mean, you get out mortgages and families, and you know it's not easy. Um, so, is it it's,
0: on the the Corn Ferry tour or the European tour, Challenge tour?
2: Well, the purses are definitely bigger on Corn Ferry. I think the Challenge Tour varies between two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred fifty thousand euro. Sometimes they pay in dollars, depending where you're at. And then sometimes they pay in whatever South Africa uses. Um, and the Corn Ferry tour is averaging, I think, 750 now. And then next year I think they move to a million. I am not sure. I'm not playing that tour right now, but you know, a million dollar purse, you're looking at a hundred and hundred and eighty thousand dollar win.
0: Brandon Matthews told me the winner usually gets 18% or whatever the purse is, because we're we're talking about the the elevated vents and those are 20 million so that's how you get to the 3.6 million dollar check so now that i spoke to brandon matthews you got two rookies this year brandon matthews and eric Cole. why don't you tell me about those two guys i think you know something or a little bit more than something about both of those guys
2: yeah no they're great great guys uh i know brandon uh better than eric but totally different games honestly i mean eric's you know he's a uh, well, nobody's really as long as Brandon Matthews. Brandon's a really long guy, uh, hits it deep, one of the longer guys on tour, and uh, you know has that style of game. And, and Eric's you know a lot more precision and and we've seen him you know he played really well at Bay, Bay Hill this year, which was awesome, kind of breakout week for him. Brandon's a little bit waiting for his breakout week, but I've got I've, I've got faith in his game and what he's doing. He uh, he works really hard. And both are great guys. Uh, Brandon has a great charity event up in Pennsylvania where he's from that I play in every year, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, both great dudes. Good to see those guys doing well. So what's your favorite yeah.
0: Philly cheesesteak now that we're in Pennsylvania? Come on. Uh,
2: I don't know. I, I honestly – I don't eat cheese, <laughs> which sounds crazy. I, I'm dairy-free. So uh, I haven't had a cheesesteak in quite a while, but so I, couldn't, I honestly couldn't tell you. I know that's a terrible, not fun answer, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Billy, I I did a little research and I saw that you were in the JFK terminal. Was it last summer? Taking a picture of yourself going to uh, England or Europe to qualify for the British Open. What was that like? And, you know, the 150th British Open at St. Andrews, everybody who's at your level or above wants to play there, right?
2: Yeah, that was amazing. That really kind of started me on the the European campaign. I, I decided to come back and do DP World after that whole experience and playing there and playing in Ireland and England, Scotland, all that stuff. Uh, and it was great. I mean, I, I did it again this year um, for the 151st. I actually missed by a shot this year a couple of weeks ago at finals, um, which was totally getting honestly. I, uh I fought back really hard. I I made five birdies coming in on a really, really difficult golf course. It was uh, raining and windy. It was just, I mean, vintage US or uh, open conditions. Sorry, British Open. The Open. Um, But, uh, yeah, both experiences were great. Last year was, you know, a special year because it was the 150th because it was at St. Andrews. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole experience was amazing. Uh, Totally fell in love with Scotland um have been back again this year. I I was there for uh, a little over a week before I came here to Austria and playing Muirfield and North Berwick again and and then uh, of course Dundonald Donald Links where we had the the uh, final qualifying at for the open. Um but uh yeah, I mean it's it's such a fun way to play golf. I mean it just connects you back to the roots and gives you options around the greens and and uh, Dundonald was kind of a stooped-up links course, I would say. The greens were a lot more difficult than most Lynx-style courses. seems like the defensive Lynx courses are the bunkering and the wind and obviously some really deep rough in, in places. Um, it's not even rough. It's just like knee-high, yeah. you know, fescue. But uh, there they had kind of all that plus some undulating greens. And uh, it played very difficult and some very long par threes. So um, it, it was a lot of fun. Good, really, really good test. So happy to be playing. You know, if you can, uh, you know, I feel like if you're placing top, you know, tens and final qualifying for, for the British Open, I mean, it's it's high level golfers, a lot of really, really good players that are playing. So uh, a lot of people still have to qualify. Yeah,
0: so you're a lot not- of,
2: there was a lot of live guys at my event too. I mean, Yep. crack was there and a bunch of other guys so it was,
0: it was cool That i can play yeah so everybody thinks you're just cushy in the golf world and so forth but i i did again looking back at some of my notes i guess the question i want to ask is what's the difference to you from waiting tables to washing trucks to playing on a pga tour tell us about that those <laughs> are some of the jobs you had before what you're doing now right
2: yeah, yeah. I had, I took, uh, I mean, I had seven years off between my, between Corn Ferry tour starts between 2014 and 2021. I got a sponsor exemption into the Veritex, which I'll forever be thankful for. It was awesome um, back when I started playing again. So I had a, a big break and I, I did a lot of jobs. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a a bit of an interesting ride to say the least, but all of that's really just made me a lot more thankful to be playing to doing what I love to do. Uh, It's made me value money in a different way and just kind of like living, you know, what, what it costs and the value of the dollar. Um, And there's a lot of people working out there and, and working hard jobs and to be able to like play golf is, it's still hard work. And don't get me wrong is, is absolutely not all fun and games and, you know, cushy, like you said, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, we get to do something that's entertaining for people and, and golf is a great escape for people. Um, It's a social game. It's a game that um, is mentally challenging it's, it requires so much focus. Like you kind of forget about what's going on in the world. And, and that's what I like about the game. You're out in nature and God's creation. It's just like, it's awesome. So I get to do that for a living. And, and um, you know, whether I'm, successful as far as like getting on the pj tour and you know cracking like you know i'd love to be a top 20 player in the world top 10 in the player in the world but even if that doesn't happen like it's it's special to be able to make another run and have people supporting me to do that and believing in me and uh yeah it's i mean it's really it's been really really cool really really cool
0: the, the escape word and i'm gonna ask a question and let billy jump in the escape word kind of came to me I you probably know Christian Bezadenhout but I didn't know this about him and he's a little like Ken Venturi if you look at Ken Venturi when he was a youngster and he would have played amateur golf all his life if they let him because there's more money in being an amateur back in the 50s and it maybe even the 60s than being a pro he had a big problem speaking he was he had a stutter and apparently Bezadenhout can't have a conversation with one person let alone a whole bunch of people and so golf has helped him escape and have a life. You know, talk about that 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 word escape, people don't realize the benefit of that and, and what it may have meant to you too.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't know that about Christian, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I don't know him, but uh you yeah, know it's it is. I mean it's it's uh, for me, you know, what I've struggled with like anxiety like really bad anxiety um, for a variety of reasons, definitely a few years back. Um, And, you know, I turned to like drinking to to deal with that. And really what I needed to be doing was playing golf again. And just like, you know, for me, like you just, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. When you're on a golf course, it's like nothing bad can happen, you know? And I'm not talking about like bogeys or, hitting it out of bounds or hitting in the water and worrying about that stuff cuz that's still real but I'm talking about like you know like panic attacks and stuff like that where I would just get in such a bad space and mentally it's like you know you go play golf and it's like oh like you're just in such a better just frame of mind um so that's been really cool and it's it's uh, uh cuz I didn't play golf when I took when I was off playing when I wasn't playing uh those years I played maybe two or three times a year and like a charity scramble that I got roped into by a friend that wanted a ringer on the team. You know, I didn't go out to the golf course and practice and play or do anything. I was just like, I didn't even watch golf really. You know what I mean? I was just working and trying to grind away. And uh, so when I, which was silly to do that, but I was just, you know, again, I was in a bad spot. So Billy could have uh, used you
0: against his nemesis, Paul Lambert in the junk golf game. Right, Billy?
1: Yeah. He's my ringer.
2: I would have come out. I would have come out, Billy. You had to call me up. (laughs) Come on over. But uh, yeah, so it's yeah, golf's a great escape, and and that's what I'm saying. Like for non professionals, it's why people like to watch golf, it's why they like to go out and play, and it's a it's a really cool community to be a part of. And you know, I get to meet people like yourself just in my travels, and uh, just always like I, I feel like I go a lot of places in the world, and I either know somebody there. From golf or i know people that know people that are there from golf or because of golf and it's just a really cool community to be a part of and and uh we're i'm more on the entertainment side and the you know i'm not an instructor but i you know i could i could obviously teach some things if i needed to and do clinics and all that uh but it's a really fun side to be on and we're it's, it's such a cool game to to be able to play
1: the only game that amateurs like us can play in the same field as, as pros like you, which yep, makes exactly. it work, uh, inviting for amateurs. And, you know, once you get the bug, as you know, you got the bug bad. And we all golfers get the bug, you know, there's going to be the day out there where you say, I'm never playing again. And then, you know, you flush a five iron in are life. Maybe I can get another round in today.
2: <laughs> so, exactly. We're, we're all sick like that. Yeah. I mean, What Max Homa said on Twitter, he was like, We're all just one swing away from quitting and another swing away from like thinking we can win the masters. I mean, it's just like it's totally ridiculous. And it's such a it's such a good challenge to know yourself and 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 to 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 challenge yourself, you know. Yeah, totally.
0: totally. Craig would say Um, Billy, uh, a good golfer is only one swing thought away from shooting 64 or something like that. I paraphrased it terribly. Yeah, Craig, uh, Craig Harmon, sorry. Craig really Harmon.
1: Harmon.
0: And maybe it was Craig Wood, too. Craig Har- Harmon was named after Craig Wood, who was the uh, pro at Wingfoot many years ago. So who taught you or who gave you a tip that you never will forget that made a major difference in how you play golf? Or or maybe just a life tip?
2: Uh, Probably would say i've had a couple really good tips and things that i kind of repeat to myself um and one of them was a gentleman named robert Lindville, who's still coaching out of north carolina which is where i live but i met him when i was in college at the u.s japan matches but robert was the coach of the year for d3 schools i believe that year so he had the honor of being the, the honorary coach for our team and um I was the only freshman on the team that year and just, you know, talented guy or whatever he saw it. And he told me after that tournament, he said, he said, uh, you know, just cause you can hit every shot doesn't mean you should hit every shot." <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Cause I was so aggressive and uh, you know, just trying to make birdie from everywhere and, and all that. And, you know, turns into some big numbers or whatever, but in match play, that was fun, which was what we were doing. But, in the stroke play that, that definitely got me on a few different occasions, but that was one thing that I think uh, was kind of like, wow, that was really, that was really good. I still think about that. and I actually still see him since I live in Charlotte. I'll, I'll see him from time to time. Um, that was one thing that, that stuck out to me.
0: So on an average round, round, and you're in the fairway, how many times would you hit away from the hole, given that kind of thinking as opposed to just going right at the kamikaze shot down the stack?
2: You know, it, it really depends where the pin positions are. Uh, there, you know, professional golf is a lot of like three to five steps away from edges of green. Whether it's you know front edge, back edge, right edge, left edge, whatever. Sometimes it's both. Um, so you, you got to be pretty precise. Um, I kind of have a rule that if I if I have eight iron or less in or even like nine iron or less uh then I can kind of go flag hunting pretty comfortably i'm still going to aim away though one to two paces you know I- i'm always going to give myself an extra pace or two pretty much um you know you only get a few green light specials where you're just going i'm going right at it you know it's 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 a middle pin or it's a back middle pin or whatever it is of course you can hit at that flag but uh, we, I would say most pros are, are aiming a step or two left and they're really good guys for other reasons. Like they don't want to hit the pin because it could bounce off the pin and go in the water or whatever, which we've all seen those shots. But yeah, I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the rule of thumb for me. Uh, I am away way further if I've got longer clubs in my hand, but
0: yeah, about it. Have you had a Tiger Woods experience that 15th hole where he had a perfect wedge Hit the pin and it went in the lake in the water. Have you ever Oh seen yeah,
2: you like that? Oh yeah. I mean, I I I I want to say I've seen it all, but then I always see something that I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, because there's some crazy things if you're playing this game every day. But uh, yeah, no, I've hit flags. I mean, I've hit sprinkler heads next to greens and bounced over the green, making double bogeys and just like you're just like you know, you landing it on the edge of the green essentially and it's totally screwed. But uh. Yeah, I've seen some pretty wild stuff, no doubt. Good and bad, I should say. Sometimes you get a
1: lucky bounce. I caught my own three wood once. I banged it off a rock. It went about a hundred feet in the air, and I ran over and caught it like a shortstop. <laughs> guy, I was. Playing for. There's something I've never seen before.
2: <laughs> I, I've never heard. I've never heard of that. That's awesome. That's amazing. So That's we're awesome. different generations.
0: Billy and I and you. For, we're kind of a different generation. We. We, we will putt the ball. Billy's putt the ball. How far have you putted it from, Billy, uh, to a green from a fairway? How far are you comfortable?
1: 100 yards. <laughs> My brother, uh, two putted, 16 west from 186 yards. So it runs in the family.
0: So, So, Eric, 16 west for the members is a par five. Plays anywhere from 460 to five over, you know, 500 or whatever. The, and, and the open, they make it a par four. So he hit it down there on the right. And was what'd you say, Billy? Was he 180, 85? 186
1: yards. I was standing right next to him.
0: And, he didn't have yeah. a bullet shaft in his putter, Eric. He didn't have the He's tip of the putter. Rifle,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So do you, do you always chip it, even in like Europe? or do you do you use the ground uh how, how how would you go about your short game
2: well i i can't say i would would put it from that far um i mean i suppose if it was crazy windy and it was appropriate i'd be afraid of caving my putter face in or something hitting it that hard like that's just insane to me but i mean i get it i i chip a lot um Ten to fifteen yards, what I would say is kind of the max I would uh, put something, and that would be like in a links style scenario. Um, maybe longer if it was a call for it, but I, I chip the ball mostly. I mean, if the greens are soft enough or they're checking, and you know, it's just something I practice a lot more. And you can get some funny uh, rolls off of. It just doesn't roll true, obviously, on a fairway. Uh, obviously, it depends what type of grass it is, but. No, nah, I'm I'm gonna chip like, you know, unless I'm right off the green in the fringe, like I'm chipping ninety. Yeah. You
1: know, well, you're not you're not 70. likely to spell it or chili dip a wedge as often as guys like. No, it. no. I
2: yeah. could see that. I could see the fear of that. If that if that was a uh, an issue that putting, yeah, it's percentage wise, at least gonna eliminate a bigger number, and that's usually how you improve. You know, as an amateur is just eliminate mistakes and and things like that that's the most strokes you can gain is is usually around the green just if you could just get it on and two putt every time uh, and maybe occasionally get one up and down i mean you're gonna you're gonna improve your game dramatically yeah
0: billy and i faced with the same shot on the 71st hole last year that cam smith had where he had looked like a perfect second shot to the road hole and it ended up short. It didn't go in the road hole bunker, which is like the one once in a hundred thousand didn't get gobbled up by that bunker. Now he's got the bunker right in front of him. What Billy Regan and I would never have thought about was any of the thirteen clubs in our bag. It, we would have had the putter from the fairway, knowing where we were, and we we may not have got it ten feet like he did. But for him to two putt from there has to be one of the greatest two putts in the history of golf.
2: At, at yeah, the- that was really special. Like because he used the the like lip of the bunker to curve the ball around. And, and, and obviously he made the 10 footer that he had. Uh, but yeah, and that's one of those scenarios where like that type of grass that fescue grass, that, that stuff rolls really good uh, for putting. And it's kind of a thin wispy grass and obviously it's mowed tight. So you can get a ball rolling really nice and judge the pace. But that's really the thing that I get more concerned about is the pace of putts from off the green. Uh, it's how is it going to come out? Is it going to bump or is it going to come out hot or whatever? But yeah, yeah. that was a really, hard, really good. That was a really good.
0: If we uh, walked five yards it, further to the tee on 18 in that same group, Cam Young, Cam Smith, played 36 holes. After Cam Young hit it to about 12, 14 feet on the green, what do you think's going through his mind? Do you think, hey, you know, he's two behind. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, he... Yeah, I mean, that was it. Was definitely made it interesting. Uh, it, he needed a Cam to three putt, and then he'd have to make it. So he needed like a miss make scenario, which is you know where Cam was. I mean, I wouldn't say is likely because how good Cam putting Cam's putting is, but uh, it definitely made it more exciting coming out of the stretch. That's for sure.
1: Okay. So someone told yeah. me a story the other day about Claude Harmon. Somebody went into his office years ago and said uh, he wanted to uh, swing like Sam Snead. And he was insistent on wanting to swing like Sam Snead. So Claude said, all right, come on up to the putting green with me. Don't even bring a club. And Claude dropped the ball and kicked it into the hole and said to the guy, now go pick that ball up out of the hole without bending your knees. The guy said, I can't do that. He said, well, Sam Snead can. So get off the Sam Snead stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's so good and sam sneed people i mean he might have had one of my favorite golf swings of all time that guy was impact sick. oh he was he was sick i mean who is people, your favorite people, golf swing? uh it's a tough question um yeah. i mean i like mine is that a bad answer or not? <laughs> no no it's
1: not a bad uh, it's um, if the ball likes yours. It's the perfect answer. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, no, I, Sam Seed was really good. Uh, obviously, Fred Couples' tempo is just so so good. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, those are those are guys that I like, and, and Fred Couples really isn't like a technically like super sound swing. Obviously, he gets it in some good positions, like every pro. But just watching his tempo is awesome. Ernie Els is- was always a uh, a big fan awesome. of Ernie yeah Ernie was awesome I like the slower tempo guys or just kind of like silky I'm'm a, I'm a little bit more the same way I've always just kind of watched that try to emulate that
0: we're gonna do an episode on great swings uh so we're looking at the odds for this open who do you like uh this uh open at boy Lake
2: wow oh uh, let's see I mean I, I I'm a huge Ricky Fowler fan right now obviously a friend of mine but he's been playing some great golf this year uh, and really at the end of last year. I just – I think he's doing – I think he's on this other – I think he's on a new level of life. I think he's entering in like a second part of his career, and I think it's going to be better than his first. That's really what I think. Don't sleep on Fowler.
0: He's got the good coach. The
2: I mean, he's got – got Harman. He's still working. He's back <laughs> with Harman. He's he's confident. He's obviously been a great putter for a long time. You know, I mean, he's just he's playing great golf. Who's going to
0: um, win a tournament before each other? Tommy Fleetwood or Shofley? Gosh, I bet on those guys and have won a dime winning a tournament with those guys. They should win, right?
2: Yeah, I mean Fleetwood's a good pick. Yeah, I mean those guys both. I'm really more surprised that that Shoffley hasn't won. Uh, same with Tommy too. I mean they they both hanging around the u.s open as well so uh this year at LA, la country club give us your parting thoughts the
0: toughest golf course or favorite golf course your toughest hole you've ever played
2: oh man well one of my favorite courses is definitely Muirfield, and and then and then uh uh trump turnberry if you're going to scotland those are obviously Muirfield stuff to get on but turnberry you can walk walk out there and, and just buy your way in but Unbelievable views, ridiculous holes. I mean, just the whole situation is spectacular. Highly recommend. And go to Edinburgh when you you get a chance. Great city. We are big rooting for you. But Robert was the coach of the year for D3 schools, I believe, that year. So he had the honor of being the the honorary coach for our team. And um, I was the only freshman on the team that year. And just, you know, talented guy or whatever he saw it and, he told me after that tournament, he said, he said, uh, you know, just because you can hit every shot doesn't mean you should hit every shot. <laughs> Thanks for joining Casper, us today.
1: Billy Harman. We really
2: appreciate your Double feedback.
1: Indemnity, and please Markie,
0: subscribe to Markie, the writer, show and hit Claude the bell Harman, icon so you get notified Movie classics, new episode.
1: Mark Gable,
0: hit him job. hard and hit him off.
1: That's 36 holes.